0: everybody and welcome to another exciting episode of Creekside Outdoors. I'm your host Eric Miller and I have a special guest with me this week. This week we're going to be speaking to Merlin Benner with the Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. So I want to go ahead and, and welcome Merlin to the show. Merlin, thanks for thanks for taking the time to join us here. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, it's to be. Um, now, Merlin, what I would like to do is if you could just give a brief introduction to our listeners um, You know, about yourself, your, a little bit of your background, and, and what it is you do with the DCNR.
1: Okay. Um, I'm the wildlife bi- biologist for DCNR. I've been doing that for approaching 15 years now. Okay. And grew up here in northern Pennsylvania. Okay. So I always wanted to work with wildlife in the outdoors and mm-hmm. Okay. It's been a good opportunity. Um,
0: good. If we
1: uh, handle all wildlife concerns?
0: For so you've been with DCNR for fifteen years. Yeah. So you've, you've probably seen a lot, a lot over the course of that time. Um, yes. Yeah. In 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 your opinion, what you know, what is it mostly that, that you deal with? Is it more with the the deer, you know, relationship with, with you know, the habitat, and, you know, on the state forest level.
1: Over the last couple of years, that's been our our biggest focus. Okay. because now we have more tools like DMAP and okay. opportunities to actually make a difference.
0: Okay. Uh, you, you touched on DMAP. If you could um, you know, just give a, a brief you know, synopsis of what exactly and you know, how DMAP operates um, for those people who may not be familiar with it or maybe they're interested in applying for a DMAP tag, uh, if you could just describe a little bit how DMAP works. Okay.
1: D-map is a game commission program that allows landowners to focus additional antlerless deer harvest on specific areas, and DC&R has been using that on our state forest lands to, and some state parks on areas where we feel we have problems with over-browsing of deer.
0: Okay. Now, is, is the game commission, do they issue a certain amount of D, uh, DMAP tags for you know a certain area? Is that correct?
1: they allow the landowner to make the decision on how many tags they want and make the request then they either approve or disapprove and um... they they um... then the the landowner distributes the coupons to the hunters okay redeem them for a permit
0: okay so a hunter looking to hunt in a DMAP area would go directly to the landowner um, in right. in your case, they would go right to the DCNR, uh, and is is it similar to like a Dell application that they they have to do?
1: Yeah, from us, they just have to give us their name and address and some basic information. Okay. We send them a coupon, which is more like a whole application. Okay. And they send that with their six dollars to the Game Commission.
0: Okay. All right. Well, that that's you know good because I'm sure there's some people out there who uh, you may be interested in doing some DMAP uh, area hunting or. Or targeting some some higher deer populations. Um, has DMAP been been working for for you guys at the DCNR? On
1: well, most of our areas we're finding that yes it's making a difference in uh, deer browsing. Okay. Um, we have a, f- a few areas where for a variety of reasons um, we're not able to get rid of all the coupons for those areas or even a very big proportion of them. And, it's not having much impact on those areas, but
0: why do you think the whole it is successful? Okay, why do you think uh, you you're unable to get rid of the coupons? Is it is it location of the the area or are people just not, you know, aware of it?
1: In one case, it's like in the Poconos where there's lots of regular dotegs tags that aren't as area specific in that unit, so people don't have to get a DMAP permit. Okay. They can buy all the dough tags they
0: want sure well, that, that makes sense um
1: not limited to a certain area then
0: good all right that yeah that that makes a lot of sense then uh, but for the yeah. most part then you're you're selling a lot of of dmap tags and and seeing some good results in it um you know for yeah. for the most part
1: yeah there's a few areas that are real remote also that it's hard to get people to go back in and hunt down so.
0: and and i I understand that's why they opened up a lot of the you know they they ungated the road so to speak during right. rifle season to get to get people back in there to those specific areas to kind of target those you know those deer populations.
1: Yeah, that was like logging roads and administrative trails and stuff that okay. we opened up thousands of miles of extra road.
0: So there, you know, for, for the person looking, you know, for for places to hunt, you know, the the state forests and state parks really do offer you know an opportunity. And and um, you know, I want to touch a little bit on FLIR because. That indicated that there are populations, you know, of deer still out there in 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 huntable numbers. You know, they may be isolated in some areas, but nonetheless, they're still there. Um, are, are you guys pleased with how uh, you know last year's FLIR turned out?
1: Yeah, we it confirmed what we had suspected that DMAP was being successful at reducing densities as a whole, mm-hmm. but it also confirmed that we have some areas, smaller hot spots within those areas that still have. Excessive deer numbers, and we can tell by our habitat surveys that they also have exe- excessive browsing. Okay. So. Well,
0: that's good. Um, so it's so it's kind, kind of a catch-22, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so We're Trying to get that message to hunters.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know if if, if they don't want to really, you know, understand or grasp what it is people are saying, or, or they, they're just, you know, set in their ways, but... Um, you know, I tend to agree with with what you guys are saying in that there, you know, the, the habitat really doesn't lie. You know, if you see what you know, what you guys are seeing in these surveys, it really is an indicator of what's going on. You know, regardless of whether people are, are you know going days without seeing deer, you know, you, the habitat really doesn't lie. And yeah,
1: it's encouraging that on our surveys we are starting to see in the areas where. Reports of deer sightings are down, and where our FLIR shows that there's not as many deer, we're starting to see a lot less browsing. Also,
0: mm-hmm. and that's going to lead, lead to regeneration. Starting,
1: yeah, some areas we're actually getting new species coming up and new new growth. So, um, not only less browsing, but new growth. Oh,
0: well, that's fantastic! That is excellent news.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, for you know, for for your you know, the state forest, obviously your job is to make sure that, you know, the state forest continues to regenerate and grow and, and, you know, that 100 years down the road when it needs to be cut, you know, people are going to be able to enjoy the same type of forest that uh, we today are enjoying. Um, Mm -hmm. And really, you know, you found that deer are really the major inhibitor when it comes to, you know, to a roadblock, so to speak, for for forest management. Yeah, for forest management and...
1: As the wildlife specialist for the bureau for wildlife management, we don't have habitat for grouse and for a lot of species that, because of over-browsing in the past, that we're just on the verge of beginning to recover that habitat. And that's exciting.
0: Yeah, they, I mean, you know, I I said I, I would reference Taiga. I was up there to the a couple of the the cuts off of uh, off of Ridge Road and the the one the couple of fenced areas in particular. That you know seeing what's in there is, that's phenomenal. You know, I saw a lot of blackberry, I saw some oak in there, some cherry. So, I mean, it's it's definitely working. And, um, you know, hopefully somewhere down the road they won't, you know, DCNR won't need to do the fences and, and uh, you know, the, the regeneration with that will, will occur. So, but without... Yeah, we, I'm sorry, go
1: ahead. We have some pretty big areas up here in the Tioga State Forest where all indications are the deer density's been down for, since the late 80s, early 90s, or at l- least the mid 90s, and um, we're starting to get real good regeneration across some pretty broad areas without fences, so.
0: That is that is we're fantastic point, news.
1: Yeah, because that's just, when you convert a forest from just ferns in the understory, to now we're getting a variety of shrubs and small trees and, and blackberries and so on, the wild the amount of food and cover available for wildlife has just gone up exponentially. It's it's incredible.
0: What what species would you say that, you know, you didn't see numerous amounts of in the past that you know now are starting to spring up? Is there anything particular that comes to mind?
1: Uh among the wildflowers, pink lady slipper is a good indicator. Um, the wood lily, that's uh, an orange flower about up to sixteen inches high, really pretty. Among the shrubs, we have a lot more young witch hazel coming up, a lot more elderberry, Juneberry, and um, some of the viburnums, like the maple leaf viburnum. They all have fruits for for
0: um, small
1: birds and Mm -hmm.
0: grouse, deer, bear. They all eat the fruit from them. So it's not just that you know, for our listeners, it's not just the marketable timber that you know you're excited to see you know regenerating but it's also these other you know species of plants and shrub that really you know may not have been overly present in the past but now you know people might get it like a pink lady slipper that's a good example because that's you know that's a pretty rare rare flower right there and you know i i myself have never seen one but i i can imagine the excitement if i if i was able to stumble across one and to think that now you know that it may be more accessible that's that's really exciting to hear so i'm I'm, you know as a hunter and and uh you know conservationist i'm really glad to hear that and uh you know it makes me happy that maybe sometime down the road i'll be able to find some but uh i
1: i grew up knowing that they existed and seeing pictures of them and hearing tales of them being around but mm -hmm. never found one and now it's common to go out in this county and if you know the right type of area to go to to find them,
0: that is that. that is, I mean, that is really exciting. I gotta, I really have to, you know, have to tell you that it. I, I don't know. I, you know, it's hard to explain. You know, I'm sure you understand that things that you've heard, you know, so much about and have never seen, and now have the opportunity to really, uh, you know, it's it really does have to speak volumes. And you know, I gotta commend you guys on, on what's going on up there because you having been up there and. And I talked to you last fall about some, some grouse spots up there that, um, you know, I, I see nothing but really good things up in, in Tioga State Forest, and you guys really have done a, you know, an excellent job up there and are, are to be commended, I think. Um, now, we, we touched a little bit on the, the fencing. Uh, you said there's vast areas now that where um, you know the deer population has been suppressed long enough where you actually are getting good regeneration without fences. Is, is it the goal? You know, to to regenerate without fence because obviously, you know, fencing is is uh, expensive overhead.
1: Yeah, we'd love to be able to do that. <laughs> we we'd, we'd actually like the whole state forest to be regenerating naturally without fence because that's the that's the, a healthy forest sure. everywhere, and that means that's good habitat for wildlife and good tree a future for the trees. Mm-hmm. And,
0: um, now we, we just I've, can't afford to fence the whole thing. Yeah, obviously that's how much is it you know, an average, you know, typical fence cost, you know, to erect and Oof. and maintain, you know, over the course of uh, you know, it's when it's up.
1: I don't have that figure on the top of my head, I know. To put it up you're in the range of two to three dollars a lineal foot Geez. Jeez. And um there's
0: and ha- you know, have you
1: several thousand miles of fence right now.
0: Are there really? Have you found a particular size of a cut that is the optimal size, you know, is is like 100 acres the the best size or is it 70 or is there a, you know an average size cut that you guys look, you know, maybe as a minimum to cut each time you do a you, you do a timbering? It's I think
1: it depends what you're looking at. There's a few species that need larger patches of um regenerating habitat in an area, or they won't be in that area, some things like snowshoe hare. Mm-hmm. They need a lot of that particular type of habitat, that young forest um, on the scale of thousands of acres oh, in, really? a, in a particular area for a population of hare to survive. Okay, But then grouse, they don't need as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of the trees, the the big... Um, determination on how big to make the fences or or the cut is usually an economic thing. Sure. And, um, it also depends on if if there isn't going to be a fence involved, then how big do you need to make sure you're going to um, have enough food out there that the deer don't come in and just wipe it all out. Sure. A small cut. It, it, it's more susceptible to being wiped out.
0: Okay. So it's kind of it's kind of you know depend depend really depends on the area and the species that that you're you know, you're cutting and looking to grow back. So uh, yeah, generally, our our cuts are on the scale
1: of forty to seventy acres okay. for a, what we call an overstory removal. That's
0: okay. The,
1: the final cut. There's still some mature trees standing on the site, and some and some trees representing all the size classes and species that mm-hmm. were present on the site, but it's the final cut. It's okay. analogous to a clear cut with a bunch of trees left standing. Right,
0: okay. Um, we we discussed, fl- you know, the FLIR a little bit. Um, I, I had seen where, where some people, they were they were a little you know, confused with, you know, uh, for instance, I believe it was uh, I want to say DMAP 27, 28 or 29, I can't remember which one, but it was found that one of those areas still has a, a density of approximately 70 deer per square mile. And that just blew some people's minds away, um, you know. And and for me, you know, I have you know, the science background, so I, you know, perceived it as okay. Well, you know, there could have been a couple hundred yards where there were thirty-five deer grouped together, and then you know, you know, half mile away there could have been another one. Um, yeah. Why do you think it is that that people tend to to depict these deer densities as these deer being distributed evenly across the landscape when you know, as a scientist, I'm. Sure, you know, you know that, that that's never the case. They're never evenly distributed. Why do you think people are so alarmed when, you know, or taken back when they see these densities? That, you know, I guess they pre- they just presume that everything's evenly distributed, and that's got to be, I guess, a frustration for for you guys. And and
1: you know, uh, we're, we're we're trying to put pictures with the numbers as much as possible so that people can see where the con- that there are concentrations, but there's also areas in between with very few deer where the habitat's been pretty beat up over the years or um, in this case the average density for that particular area last year over winter was around 20 to 22 deer per square mile Okay. on average across 20,000 acres roughly and um, there was one large concentration on one whole hillside several points overlooking Lyman Run State Park that a lot of deer wintering up on that ridge for probably a variety of reasons. It's south-facing, southwest-facing ridges up mm-hmm. in that country are generally where deer winter, mm-hmm. near some hemlocks and conifer cover.
0: So it's had, so I had oh. the thermal cover.
1: Yeah, and we... I was told there was some feeding at some of the camps down in the valley below that. Okay. So a variety of things, but within a several square mile area there, about probably two to three square miles in that corner of the DMAP area, the density was around 70 to 100 deer per square
0: mile. Wow.
1: So, in that particular couple thousand acres, there was a huge impact of, of those deers that winter.
0: Sure, I mean, I guess obviously if if there was was any cuts there, um, you know, and, and deer were, were browsing the, the new... Uh, regeneration. I don't know if it was fence or not, but I would imagine that density of a deer could do a, a pretty good herding on on a, a new cut or a fresh cut, you know, in, in little time.
1: Yeah, and and like you said, it's hard to adequately point out that without, you know, people do get very excited when they see that number. It's hard to adequately describe that there are big areas around that with Zero to five deer per square mile, or you know, very few deer.
0: Sure, and I
1: th- two deer hanging out here or there, and
0: right, right. And I think you, know, you hinted on a good point, and that is, you know, uh, like I know last year when you released all the FLIR information, and you had the the little yellow dots on on the map, which basically showed exactly where the deer were, and it, you know there were one here, two there, seven there, and like you said, there were vast areas where there were no deer, and uh, you know, I, I guess some people would equate that as being, well, you know, I told you so, the deer are all yarded up. You look at it in another way say, well, yeah, they're not there because there's nothing there to hold them there. There's no quality habitat or, or you know, no browse for them, so obviously they're all going to congregate where there is browse. And, you know, I think that the FLIR data last year really, really showed that and you know, hopefully and eventually... People will, will, you know, slowly understand that. Well, you know, these guys aren't aren't making all this stuff up. It's that's what's happening, and you know, hopefully, hopefully we we can you know maybe open a few eyes or or something like that, um, you know, and let people know that it's really is you know, all this stuff is happening for a reason.
1: Yeah, and I think another part of being successful in communicating this is starting to show people photos through field tours, through other educational material, what habitat is, what, um, what are the species deer feed on, what is healthy habitat, How to? what are we doing when we measure habitat, what are we looking at when we measure deer browsing. Mm-hmm. And that makes it a little clearer. I think that's an even better way of showing people the impact when they can see the species. They can see if they're there or if they're not. Sure. If all that's there is stuff that deer don't get much nutrition out of, then um, it's pretty a de- desperate situation.
0: Sure, absolutely. I mean, I I look at it as you know the fella who goes to a stand and, and he's up in a you know a beech tree or or a, you know some other other tree species, and, and he can see you know two three hundred yards in in either direction, and it's been like that ever since he's been you know going up to that spot you know deer hunting and you know well, b- before i always saw deer coming through there you know and i the woods always looked like this there was it was never thick and now all of a sudden that the deer population you know has been knocked down it you know they they don't understand that well when there's a low population all the deer are going to be where there's good habitat and they're not going to be forced basically into this this non-quality habitat and right i, I don't understand you know i don't understand how people you know can't you know? I guess reason why you know, why there's no deer there when they're you know when they saw them you know 20 years ago and they would see 100 deer a day, and you know perhaps the game commission hasn't done you know a, a very good job is at educating the um, you know the, the average hunter that you know it takes quality habitat to really you know increase your deer sightings when you get the population down to really where it should be instead of the, you know, the the bloated numbers that it was in the past. Um, Yeah, and
1: I guess the big message is we could still have had 100 deer a day probably for a while. We would have had a lot more winter starvation. We would have had a lot smaller and and less healthy deer. Um, Very low reproductive rates, only taking out some buck each year. Barely touching the dough, mm-hmm. but it was it was time to either act or lose our forests in the future, and it's also a good time to straighten out deer management.
0: Sure. So everything kind of kind of came to a head at, at the right time, I guess. Yeah. Um. So and so basically, if if things weren't you know done now, um, you know, and trees are, you know maybe reaching the you know, the harvestable age, I guess is, is uh, 80 to 100 years, I guess, is, is the the optimal age to harvest trees. If there's nothing growing underneath that, you know, and you've got to wait another 80 to 100 years, there could be a generation of people that are not going to see, you know, that type of habitat. You know, it basically will sk- skip a generation of hunters. And I think you're right. It really, you know, it had to be done for you know for everyone's sake, so to speak. And I, I, I for one, I'm glad to see you know that every, of what's going on in Pennsylvania and how things are shaping out and and I, I really think it's a good thing. I, I can't see anything wrong with it. You know, deer sightings may be down for, for, you know, a bunch of people, but you know, it's the pain before the gain I like to call it. So
1: Well, yeah, and people need to realize that if we and when, from the indications I'm seeing, this habitat recovers, we will support a lot healthier deer populations than we've ever seen.
0: That's a good point.
1: I'm not saying more numbers of deer, but a lot healthier populations with higher reproductive rates and and definitely higher numbers of deer than we are seeing right now. Sure. In this reduced state, but that's Ted that is starting to recover, and the yeah.
0: Deer I mean, and, and, are and showing it's showing
1: the response.
0: Their, it's good to see nutrition. Mhm. Let me ask you one last question, Merlin, before I let you go. Um, you know, a, a lot's been been said about the you know acid rain and you know. Acid rain is obviously a factor. I don't think you'll find one, you know, biologist or scientist that will, you know, say acid rain doesn't play some role. But to to those out there that that think, um, you know, the soil and you know, in a cut may have been treated or limed or, or you know, outside of the fence they didn't do anything inside. They prepped you know, before they cut. Um, you know, is, is there any validity to to some of these these theories?
1: Um. All I know is that on most of our fences on the state forest land, we haven't done anything. We've done a few on some experimental fences, but for the most part, we cut the trees, we put up the fence, and things grow. Yeah. Um, and in some cases, we haven't even cut the trees, we just put up the fence and things grow. Really? It's slower than if you add all that light. Sure. But they grow.
0: That's You're that's okay. an interesting fact. That's that's very very interesting.
1: Yeah, it's like in the and in some areas, like what we were talking about earlier in the Tioga State Forest up here, where allocations remained high throughout the '90s. The license allocations. We didn't put up a fence. We cut the number of deer down.
0: So the, so the sunlight is Lower. is, is a, the definite, you know, ap- one of the biggest factors is getting light to reach that forest floor.
1: Sure, if you want the fast growth.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but if you can afford to wait 8 to 10 years, which in some areas we're just going to have to because we can't afford to cut and fence everything. Sure. Um, we But we can affect much huger acreages this way um, by just reducing the deer densities. hmm that is showing some positive results, and it's just taking a little longer, but it's
0: coming. Sure. Now, it and one, one last question here. I know I, I said I, I had only one, but um, it, in your opinion, how long you know does it, it does it take to you know, to write this ship, so to speak, as far as uh, you know keeping the, the deer uh, you know herd pinned down? It, it, you know, is is the twenty to fifteen year time frame is that a good frame that you know say we're five years already into it so another 10 years of of keeping the herd you know kind of kind of suppressed is that a, a reasonable expectation for you know pennsylvania's deer hunters
1: yeah based on some of these areas that have been down for for about that time frame we're almost at the point where we can start bringing densities back up in a few areas um and that's about that time frame we're at about year 12 or Year ten, okay, and things are regenerating pretty well. They're not beyond the reach of the deer yet, but they're well on their way. So, I would say you know, 15 years in most areas. That's um, some places you're going to have other problems like dense mountain laurel may have dominated the site because of everything else was shaded out or eaten by deer, mm-hmm. and now it's shading out everything else. So, we're going to have to treat those areas with additional measures.
0: Okay, now how, how would you handle you know mountain laurel, f- for instance?
1: We're starting to do more prescribed burning.
0: Oh yeah, nice. We have used tools like a Royer
1: machine, which is a big chopper head mm-hmm. on the front of a skidder that goes through and eats brush. Okay. There's other other tools out there to get at it.
0: Um, well, that's exciting. So you're not, not just sitting back on your laurel, so to speak, when you run into a you know, a patch of laurel, or you know, a couple hundred acres of it, or something like that. You're you know, you're a- actively managing those areas as well, which is you know, it's by the sounds fit, which is excellent to hear.
1: And we're going to see more of a role for fire in the future. Excellent. As as we get the legislation, we need to make it more less of a liability, personal liability sure. for using it. Um,
0: that is that is excellent news. That's. Uh, Fantastic, and uh, you know, I, I want to thank you for for taking the time you know, this evening to to talk with me, and and um, you know, hopefully we we uh, you know brought up some points that the listeners may not have been aware of, or maybe we opened some eyes, or or uh, you know, at least educated you know some other people to uh, you know what's going on, and and everything that's going on is really you know it, it's it's for the benefit of of deer hunters and grouse hunters like myself, and and you know the the regular. Uh, you know state forest visitors so it's it's there's nothing bad or evil going on here and and you know, I for one am really excited about uh, what the DCNR is doing and and all that good stuff so uh, I do want to thank you for for uh, taking the time this evening to to join me and and talk with me it's sure. been a pleasure um, and I just have one last tidbit uh, how's the grouse situation up there this spring are you hearing uh, a lot of drumming? They're everywhere. <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear. With them. <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear. So, Well, Merlin, I do want to thank you again. Um, uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you and to all the listeners out there. Thank you for tuning in and have a good one. This week's episode of Creekside Outdoors has been brought to you by HuntingPA.com, Pennsylvania's premier outdoor website. For all things hunting and outdoors in Pennsylvania, visit HuntingPA.com.